I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, one and all. Welcome to the Football Ramble preview show sponsored by Bet365. My name is Marcus Speller. That guy over there is Luke Moore. All right, everyone. And the man behind the bushes, it's Jim Campbell. Yo. <laughs> Get out from behind there, Jim. Never. Football time. It's almost Friday. It is. It is a question of Friday. <laughs> uh, football, Jim. Bloody football was brilliant the other night mm-hmm. when Liverpool crushed Roma. All right, beautiful. They didn't crush them as much as they should have done, of course, Roma scoring those two goals. Well, they crushed them and then they sort of smoothed them out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I think so. As James yeah. Horncastle said on, on the continent yesterday, according to the Italian press, they could kill us, but they let us live. Merciful. Mm. Merciful mm, clause. It was merciful, merciful clop, indeed. But, but they, 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 they gubbed Roma. Yes, I was about to say that. Tell everyone listening at home uh, the words you've used to describe it. Gubbed. Yeah. It's yeah. a Scottish word. It's a very yeah. Scottish and word. And it, it needs a wider audience. It, it does brilliant. need a wider audience. Well, to go even more um, regional in Scotland, you, you could say that Roma and Liverpool, it wasn't a pagger. It was very yeah. much a one-sided... Uh, it wasn't a stramash. <laughs> what other Scottish football words are there that are specific to Scottish football, Marcus? Oh, blimey. Uh, fitball? Fitball. <laughs> fitball. Fitball. <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh, Liverpool was scintillating. Oh, it was beautiful. You said in the WhatsApp group at the time, Luke, because we were all sort of salivating over it, that it's like one of the great semi-final performances, and it absolutely is. It, I mean, yeah. I was, it was kind of amazing that Roma got back into it at all, because it looked like they could really go for the jugular and make it six or seven here. Just swarm. Yeah, and at the moment, uh, it looks like it'll be a Liverpool-Real Madrid final. Much can change, yeah. of course, as mm-hmm. Barcelona found out in the previous round. And, of course, Bayern... Bayern was slightly disappointing, of course, against Real Madrid. They had their injuries, and Real Madrid are Real Madrid, for crying out loud. But mm. they'll still be disappointed. They, they lost the game, of course. But you never know what they could do at the Bernabeu. But Liverpool have really got to be thinking, this competition's there for the table. Oh, they're 95% there, and I think, as I've maintained, I think over a single-game format, which the final will be, assuming they make it there... <clears throat> Hard to see any team dealing with them, really. I, I, th- I think it's going to be, if they play Real Madrid in the final, it'll be a straight shootout. And I wouldn't be surprised mm. at all if Liverpool win it. I really wouldn't. Do you it's... think, though, not having the home advantage, because, you know, Anfield terrifies teams, it gets in teams' heads. That, mm. that, you know, that's that would be a problem for Liverpool, would it not? It's interesting because um, if you look at the knockout phase of the Champions League this um, year, I think I'm right in saying every single tie Liverpool have been in, they've blitzed the team in the first leg. Yeah. To the point where the second leg's not even been a concern. So they beat, um, Port- was it Porto? 5 0. Yeah. They beat City 3 0. Mm. And they've beaten Roma 5 2. Mm. I mean, it's not even really giving anyone much of a chance to come back at them. But 
in the final, it is on neutral territory. I, 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 it probably will be a factor, but I think Liverpool really only know how to play one way. And some of the Liverpool fans I've spoken to over the season, have, the thing they've been complaining about is their game management, mm. not the fact that they struggle away from home. So um, they might not need to have any game management if they score three or four in the first half an hour <laughs> against against the team. What if they go 3-0 up and lose? In be, the final, could you imagine? That? <laughs> Close the loop. Yeah. Close the loop. That's Could right. happen. Could happen. Really? That's what they'll yeah. be scared of. Well, they're, they're also scared that uh, if, if any Liverpool fans are listening, that we're talking like they're already in the final. They're thinking, hang yeah. on, just. Oh, I think they're 95% there. I was, I, I was, I was working on the radio yesterday. I spoke to Graham Souness, and, and he, he agrees that they're not, they are 95% there. Well, if Souness says it, then that's. He's won it three times. Yeah. I, I think reality wouldn't dare disagree with it. <laughs> no. If Souness is saying it's going to happen. But um, the thing I love about the Champions League this season and the stage we're at now is even if Roma completed a and come back and win it. Roma winning the Champions League is a seismic, incredible thing. There's all the romance of, of Liverpool getting, getting, you know, possibly back to a final and just the brilliance with which they play. Real Madrid could win it a third time. If Bayern win it, Jupp Heinkers has come back and, and won the Champions mm-hmm. League again. Like, there is no, there's no disappointing winner. Yeah. There is no underwhelming winner. There is for me, Real Madrid. Yeah. Three in a row, though. I don't want that to happen. No? I, d- I like the fact that a couple of years ago, no one had defended the trophy. Yeah. You don't want it to become a little bit but you also got reason, very. Marcus it, also got very annoyed when Chelsea won it. Yeah, did I? Yeah, you said it wasn't right. I did. Did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm paraphrasing. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> you might be thinking of me. Yeah, maybe. I'm no, I, I, I but, Bayern for many reasons, but one of them is they let Chelsea win the Champions. I was yeah. very much supporting Chelsea that evening, and I think when it comes to it, I I sort of will probably support the English side, which is why I want uh, Liverpool to win it, of course. Um, I but think it, I want Liverpool to win it because they play the yeah. most exciting. Football. Uh, yeah, I don't really care about. Like, I'm not necessarily oh, support an English team because they're in it. I, I just really like Liverpool, well, like, the most entertaining side not, in there. It's not necessarily. Yeah, but when Manchester United, you know, when we were at the final in Rome for Manchester mm. United against Barcelona, Barcelona won two. Now Barcelona were the best side in Europe mm. that season and they were playing the best football but I found myself just cheering for Manchester United in the final I just I suppose it's the familiarity of those players I'd like to be on record saying that I didn't but I don't have a strong allegiance to um, well, it's it wasn't really I, I, about that though I do think it's different when you don't support a Premier League team I, I think he's got really got mm. no I don't really have any affiliation either way I, 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 to me I, maybe it says more about me than the whole situation but if it's a team like Chelsea, and I'm just picking them for no mm. particular reason, I don't really see what's that English about them. So, it, oh no, okay, fair enough. But it's a bit like in in, a, in an international football isn't tournament. like that now, though, is it? It's international. It's, it's mm. very international, very but, cosmopolitan. True. So, if you look at the international tournaments, the reason why, if I'm watching any of the other British nations or um, Ireland or something like, it's yeah. just the familiarity yeah, yeah. of those of those players. I just yeah. think, oh, there's what's his name, blah blah blah, blah and uh, tend to there's just Jimmy find, Traore. There's Jimmy Traore yeah. playing for the Republic of Ireland. Will he make the England squad? Uh, probably not. But sadly, your one, Marcus. Sadly, Oxlade Chamberlain won't be. Oh that yes, is a, that really is such a, is such a shame for Liverpool and and obviously England because he's been brilliant for Liverpool. It's funny, Marcus. What Jim was saying before we came on air was that's what you get if you leave Arsenal. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and it's no, his it's own what, fault. no, that's what you get if you stay at Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> For the record, Jim was not saying that. Jim wasn't saying that. It's, it's, it's very frustrating to see that Oxlade Chamberlain will miss, will miss the World Cup in particular, though, isn't it? Because he's. He, well, he and has, a Champions League final. Oh, probably. absolutely. But he's added, you know, so much to his games that's leaving Arsenal. Um, he's a really dynamic, very quick, pacey, just forward thinking player. And England do lack those. And that, that's a real. People are saying Ruben Loftus Cheek will probably come in and replace him, and Loftus Cheek is a good player that's played very well for England. But it's 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 you know when you have a player who's, who's playing like Oxlade Chamberlain, who who looks like he's mm. full of energy, 
He's full of confidence. Yeah, peaking yeah. at a good time in it, terms of the season. All that kind of stuff. And if Liverpool uh, can can go on and win the Champions League, a player like that in your squad is is such a plus. And he has a little bit of tournament experience mm. with England as well. It's it's a huge loss. There's there's no doubt about that. And he yeah. worked his way into a position to start for England. You know, but, yeah. but don't want to talk too much about England. Well, and, and, and a lot of Liverpool fans I've spoken to have said that one of the things I like about Oxlade Chamberlain is that, and this is and, you know, whether you agree with this or not, to Liverpool fans it is important. That players get their club, yes. and, and yeah. to them, they're very their identity is very strong, and they feel very passionately about that. And I think he's been he's really taken to the club, and they've really taken to him. Which you know, which may maybe on one level is largely irrelevant because the guy's got a bad injury at a key time, and it's bad for him and his career. But it does probably make it a little bit more painful for the fans because they really like watching him play. Mm. It's also a tough thing for Liverpool as well because their only fit midfielders are now Milner, Henderson, and Wijnaldum. So presumably they're going to play every game. Mm-hmm. Any other mm. knocks or, or, or suspensions are, are an issue. There. Well, and that brings us on to the Stoke game quite Absolutely. nicely because um, you know we saw what happened in, with West Brom and Liverpool went a couple of goals ahead and were pegged back and it, they'd be absolutely forgiven for, for focusing on this second leg I mean they're going to finish in the top four whatever happens now and the fourth place I think qualifies automatically for the Champions League in England now um, this season so it's, I don't think it's a concern that they finish fourth even um, and Stoke need this badly so um, it'll be curious to see where I'll be curious to see how well they focus on this game and whether they obviously I'm not suggesting they're not going to try hard or anything like that because players will be playing for a chance to, to play in the final if they get there and all that mm. but Stoke are fighting for their lives so it's, mm. it's actually got all the makings of quite an interesting game yeah there's a strange stat about this one as well Stoke have never actually beaten Liverpool um, when Stoke have been the away leg in the league ever in 54 attempts but wow. Paul Lambert has never lost an away match at Anfield. So which <laughs> which is the bigger institution? Yeah. <laughs> Someone, as they say in boxing, Jim, someone's old has got a goal. <laughs> well, Paul Lambert um, mentioned him. He's won just one in 13 league matches since taking over. It's been glossed over because of Pardew. Mm. It has. Well, I, 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 we, we often wonder and say, why on earth did, did West Brom not get rid of Pardew earlier? And why did, you know, we'll come on to Southampton in a moment. Why didn't they get rid of Pellegrino early and so on? Well, Stoke did change it up and they're still in the position. I suppose you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Some, well, I think sometimes. it does to a certain extent depend who you change it up with. <laughs> well, that, that, yeah. I, I think that's an enormously uh, important thing to say, Luke. You're absolutely right. But it, it was the game that Paul Lambert won at Stoke, was it his first game? I think it, it was early. his first game, even. Yeah, it, it was right. early on. If my memory it was certainly early on. Yeah. Stoke have cancelled their end-of-season awards dinner as they think it'd be inappropriate to have any kind of celebration if they get relegated. Yeah, which actually they could this weekend if results go against them. Mm. Which is... And, and that that is distinctly possible. Mm. They're away to Liverpool. They need they need to win this. Um, their one slight saving grace, is, as we've, we've touched on, is that Liverpool will surely rest a few players. You yeah. would imagine Sal- Salah would be rested. Well, Jim is saying it's difficult to see what, who, which midfield players are going to rest. True enough. Um, just, maybe we'll just bring some young players in. Yeah, well, well, quite possibly. They've got a few. We've seen some young, good young players playing for Liverpool in the Cup under Klopp, haven't we? Yeah, well, we could maybe see the likes of Solanke featured. Yeah. Danny Ings, you'd imagine, would get a start. I mean, considering the injury stuff. Those two famous midfield players, Danny Ings and Dominic Solanke. <laughs> sorry, yeah. Well, I'm just thinking of, of young... <laughs> oh, well, that was mean of me. I'm sorry about um, that. Well, they play with the front three. Yeah. So you would imagine they would rest a few. But, um, could they play a 4 Six, a four zero six mm. formation, perhaps. Adam Bogdan yeah. in well, the midfield. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a four zero six. I mean, uh, who was it? Uh, De Rossi was saying that Liverpool did like a long ball. Yeah, so it's a chance to practice <laughs> that, it. In among all the other Roman midfield, midf- uh, Roman midfielders screaming at the bench, saying, "What is happening here?" <laughs> in <laughs> Italian, over and over Why again. Why on earth would you set up like that? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. We've given for him about, enough. 
grief for that. For about 80 minutes, that Roman midfielder was just defunct. Yeah. yeah. Like it would, it would just oh, Horncastle was fuming yesterday. He was fuming. Really? He came straight from Anfield, he was fuming. You, you should have seen him in there. Yeah, he was <laughs> absolutely... He was, yeah, I'll tell you what. But I wanted to mention with Ings... Slagging you off, Jim. He, oh, what? I haven't yeah. done anything. Yeah. <laughs> Ings scored uh, last week, of course, against West Brom. And coming on in a semi-final of a Champions League, considering the injuries that man has, I was, I have to, I have what to say, a recovery. I was absolutely delighted for him because he's an exciting, exciting young forward. He got a dream move. To a, to, you know, to a huge club and he's been so unlucky mm. and and when you go to a club like Liverpool <clears throat> obviously I've never done that but I'm led to believe that it's, it, the scrutiny is hard as we mm. always say on this show the shirt is very heavy it's difficult to make an impact imagine how much more difficult it is to make an impact when you can't get fit so oh, yeah. I'm really pleased for him and I, he had I, a setback as well and all that kind yeah. of stuff which yeah, always always seems to happen with a serious yeah. injury doesn't it yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. anyway Stoker sorry sorry, Jim Stoker a big 15-2 to two with Bet365 to get a result at Anfield so £10 on that will return £85 including stake um, worth thinking about if you believe Liverpool will have an eye on Rome next week yes and uh, one slight criticism I found a, a little something that Mo Salah has done to an, uh, slightly tick me off I'm not celebrate apologising yeah, for yeah. scoring those goals. So don't if you if you don't want to celebrate, that's fine. That's your business. Don't apologise. You're meant to do it. Mm. I'm torn on that though because Salah does seem like a genuinely lovely, gentle man. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah but I think he's been too lovely and gentle there. He's just got to be himself. Celebrate. Well, you should have asked Graham Sooners about that. But the thing, yeah, the thing is though, Marcus, if it's, I, I think, I do think the type of character Seller appears to be is relevant here because if it's someone like Marco Anatovic apologising, you're thinking you don't mean that. Cristiano Ronaldo apologised once when he scored. He doesn't mean thing. that. He doesn't no. mean that. <laughs> All I'm saying is Salah might I think Rene, Rene Mullenstein was it who was doing a lot of one-on-one work with Cristiano Ronaldo yeah. said to him after you look like a prat there you should stop doing that yeah fair enough you know and then they made a never, it, and it's never an effect and, it, and he made the prat of himself at Fulham for about six months didn't he mm. score a goal against your old club when you're loaded <laughs> a prat um, let's move on to the South Coast derby there we go Southampton versus Bournemouth the big two are yeah. down there on the South Coast a win for Southampton would be huge for them. And as you say, Jim, the results go against Stoke. They could be relegated. Southampton would like that nothing more, of course. Now, with Swansea playing Chelsea, perhaps unlikely you would imagine Chelsea would, uh, would, would take the points there, although you never know. But if Southampton were to win and Swansea were to lose, and that is distinctly possible, then they would move two points behind Southampton with a better... Uh, Southampton would move two points behind Swansea with a better goal difference. No, they moved that one is, point behind them, actually. They're only four points behind them. Oh, is that... Of yes, course. Yeah. Sorry, you're right enough, yeah. yeah. Um, better goal difference is correct, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, uh, it would be all to play it, for. It would yeah. be. I mean, that is, and that's really... because Southampton have uh, because Stoke have played a game more than those two teams, right? So mm. that's why Stoke are in a bit more trouble, obviously. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I think. I think. Um, you know, you never know. Southampton. I think Southampton and Bournemouth have traded sort of home. I mean, they drew. They drew this season at, at, at Bournemouth, I think. But last season, Southampton beat them at Bournemouth. But um, I don't think Bournemouth have won at Southampton. The game is at St Mary's, isn't it? Um, yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. So you think Southampton would be favourites there, but having said that, yeah, Southampton have been really poor this season. I was thinking to myself on the way into the studio today that I'm I don't know whether the three teams that occupy the relegation places at the moment are pretty pretty nailed on to go down because mm. it's a four point gap as you say at the moment, um, and these teams are down there because they don't pick up points. Well, for me, the one that that, that has the potential to get out of it is Southampton, and. But they need to flip and score goals. You know, they, the old cliche in football, goals are the hardest thing to score. Then they're the most important thing to do, of course. Southampton have players that can create. They actually, if you look at the stats, they don't lack creating chances. I think they've got the largest um, chance creation outside the top six, maybe. Something, they they yeah. are creating chances, well, but the, the, the front, you know, the, the strikers that they have have zero confidence. Mm. Although Austin is showing signs, but I think he's, he's scored a very few goals this season. Injured, of course. Yeah, well, that's it, though, isn't it? If Austin can sort of, you know, 
find a run of form after, you know, we were saying about, you know, players coming back from injury, then getting injured again. Um, often it's going to take you a while to get your body up to, to what it requires. So, I mean, he is, I think he's their potential sort of like ace card, really. But it's got to be him. Austin, yeah. the, 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 if they're going to stay up, it'll be Austin's goals. All um, all Southampton strikers between them have got 13 league goals this season. Anyway, and so. seven of those are Austin's. Yeah. It, it, Austin needs to score. They, they need to play to his strengths and they need to score. Um, but of course, if Bournemouth win, they'll go to 41 points. Uh, they won't better their points tally or position that they finished in last season, which was ninth on 46 points. But considering you know, a bit of a bad start to the campaign and so on, I, I just think if you look at Bournemouth's season, no one's really been talking about them. They've just been going about mm. their business, mid-table, kind of Premier League side. And, and that... Is such a huge Remarkable. achievement for I, I, a for a small club like them. They sort of hide in plain sight, don't <laughs> yeah, they? That's right. they? They've got pretty much all of those players are you know really really capable and absolutely good enough for this level, but none of them are sort of stand out enough that the big clubs are going to come along and pick them off, as happened with Southampton, and this yeah. arguably led to them being in the position mm. they're in now. They're like one of those fish that swims behind a massive shark. <laughs> I mean, the shark's not going to eat them. And yeah. the, other, the other fish are going to go, I'm not going near that. Yeah. yeah. Like a Richard Hammond. <laughs> Very much so. Standing next yeah. to Clarkson, who is the main shit. Yeah. But Hammond probably sort doesn't of, get as much stick because he yeah. just stands to the left of him in, in one of those waistcoats. Yeah, just stubbornly remaining on the porcelain. <laughs> in a waistcoat. In a waistcoat. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ever forget that bloody waistcoat. Anyway, this game would normally be of absolutely no consequence to anyone who supports a South Coast team. Um, but because Southampton are in real trouble, it is, it is of interest. And I, and I do, for once, applaud it being in the running order. Uh, Southampton are 13 to 20 with Bet365 to get a much needed win over Bournemouth on Saturday. £10 will return £16.50, including stakes, should they do it. If they don't do it, it's all back to mine for a beer up. <laughs> I think the writing is on the wall if they don't. Well, I, and if you said to me, Marcus, if I could yeah. invert that old saying, if you said to me at the start of the season, Southampton will be in this position. Yeah. I'd have snapped your hand off. I'd have taken it. <laughs> I mean, you could even be in the position where you see Day and Lovren lift the Champions League trophy as they go down. <laughs> yeah, enjoyable in the Moore household. Or yeah, Day and Lovren, who was who was sort of probably the most sympathetic Liverpool player to Roma on on Tuesday night, wasn't mm. he? Lovren I, I, and Van Dijk, rather. I can it? still misjudge those long balls. Yeah. yeah, if you want me to, I'm not. I'm not. It's not a problem. Yeah, I'm, the, I'm grateful for him to doing it though. It keeps the tie interesting, doesn't it? And one of the things Southampton can absolutely do is um, is keep an eye on that 250 million quid or whatever they've received in transfers uh, over the years while they're in the championship. It just never stops, does it? No. 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 Um, well, the, yeah, the worst I, thing is Pompey have absolutely ruined it anyway, so they're not going to play each other next season, sadly. It's a great shame. Or in any but subsequent season. My, my, my um, superstition means that I feel that Southampton might actually win this game. If, if well, Hughes can get on plan with intensity, yeah. I think... I don't see Bournemouth being able to really um, handle it because Bournemouth, you know, Bournemouth not on the beach, but I mean, it's a good place to be on the beach. I was going to yeah. say, yeah. Um, but Marcus, the other flip side to that, as you've correctly pointed out, is that um, they just can't, Southampton just can't score. They mm. cannot score. Yeah. And if you if you if you put Shane Long up front, obviously got two Premier League goals this season. I think he's made twenty six appearances. Of course, he comes off the mm. bench a lot. I know that twenty six Premier League appearances and two goals. Mm. It's not. It's nothing terrifying yeah, about I, that. Is I it? think if I think that if they can get Austin. Among the, you know, getting on the end of some of these. I think he's a good player. Can. I was gutted when he went to Southampton. Yeah, <laughs> he's. I've, I've really. He's one of my favourite forwards. Well, I think. I think that this is the weekend for Southampton. I think Stoke had their chance and they blew it against Burnley at home. And I think Stoke are all but down. This is the weekend with Swansea playing Chelsea, Southampton at home to Bournemouth, a side with not that much to play for, really, because they're not going to get relegated. <laughs> Bournemouth. They're not even troubled by that. This is the chance for them, and and they really have to take it. 
Yeah, and, and the fact that it's... it's and I hope they do. I think it, well, that's, up for, that's up to you. Uh, <laughs> I think this, the fact that it's at St Mary's is a real plus for them because I wonder, although I sort of dismiss this South Coast rivalry mm. thing just, you know, just for fun, it probably is quite a big deal for Bournemouth fans to be playing big South, other big South Coast teams yeah. in the Premier League. So mm. they'll be keen to, to create a bit of an atmosphere, but the yeah. fact that it's at St Mary's means it might give them the edge. Exactly. How's quite good at keeping them motivated, though, isn't it? Even when you, know, you feel like they've got less riding on it than other teams. A lot of tweaks and talk. Uh, sorry, a lot of tweets and calls on the radio yesterday talking about Eddie Howe and Arsenal. Mm. So he is yeah. highly rated. Do you know as a coach. I, was, I was looking at. Uh, to, uh, I'm not suggesting that would be a good idea. I'm just saying people were talking. No, about sure. It. I, I think that would probably be too much. But but I would like to see Howe given a little bit more resource and given an opportunity perhaps at a bigger stage. I totally get why he wouldn't do that. Yeah. And that's no disrespect to Bournemouth. They play in quite an expansive style. They score nearly every game. They don't concede that many. Mm. And and the players that he improves, you know, the likes of, say, Lewis Cook and so on, I, I just, I think Eddie Howe is the only English manager, for goodness knows how long, that actually, if you if you try to, if he tried to go a step up, he could have a real chance. Yeah. However, you know, the only example we have is when he went to Burnley, and of yeah. course the club wasn't moulded almost in his image and so on. So can I also say that say. they um, they they do see quite a lot of goals? I feel. Oh, do they? Okay. Yeah. I, I think. I think. And if you look at the stats, I think only a few teams have conceded. All right. Fair enough. Sorry. But, but no, sorry. But, but but the other thing I was I would want just want to bring to the table very quickly is that. It's about fit. It's about fit, isn't it? Club to manager, manager to club. Yeah. Some, just because a manager goes to a club, that doesn't work out for him. It doesn't mm-hmm. automatically make him a bad manager. Now, it might, because there's plenty of managers out there who've done poorly as, yeah, as managers, yeah. but sometimes it's just not the right fit. And we talked about that again on, on the continent a few months ago, where I think it was Andy was saying... About Ronald Koeman? No, he's about Zinedine Zidane. Okay. So, is, it, is there anything to suggest that Zinedine Zidane would be a brilliant manager at somewhere else? Mm. Not necessarily. It's just a great fit for him because he's a legend there. Yep. He's got everything set up for him to succeed. I'm not trying to detract from what he's achieved there, but it fits for him. And I don't think Burnley fit for Eddie Howe very well at all no. at that point. And you don't know whether another club would either. Well, great. Stay at Bournemouth then. You're doing a great job. Enjoy it. Well, and yeah. he could be at Bournemouth for goodness knows how long. They say that managers don't have, you know, obviously in, 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 in light of Wenger um, going to be leaving at the end of the summer, you know, we won't see a manager in charge for years and years and years. But if, if Howe keeps this up, he could be at Bournemouth for the next 10 years. Yeah. Out loud. Well, he's been there for um, nine of the last 10 years. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he's got Bournemouth in mid-table. We're, we're all saying that we think, you know, Arsenal's a step too far for him at the moment. And I would agree with that. Where, like, where do you think would be a good sort of bridge for that sort of gap? Somewhere like Everton, maybe? I think Everton would be a good fit for him, yeah. yeah. But I, I, I'm sure Bournemouth fans won't thank us for that. No, certainly not. <laughs> um, and now it's time for correspondence with Jimmy Campbell. Sure is. Do you want a jingle for that, Jim? Yeah, go on then. All right. Thank you. It's um, pizza way, I can do what I want. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Stay up as late as you want. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> um, I'm still going to bet 10, I'm tired. <laughs> press the buttons in the <laughs> correct order. <laughs> yeah. Steady on. Read more know. than three emails. <laughs> People won't know they're born. <laughs> People like the familiarity of this show. It's an absolute... Absolute wreckage. Go on, Jimmy, what you got? Sam Blakely's been in touch. Um, oh, Sam again? Sam Blakely. The goal, yeah. Going for Grintles ruiner? Yeah, indeed. We're not going, doing Going for Grintles today, so shall I give you a little jingle now? Yeah, go on then. Just to remind Sam of the bad work he's ruined. done. Barry Grintles. There we go. <laughs> um, so Sam says, Evening, gents. I was very happy to hear my hapless name mentioned again on the show this week. Cheers for that. I worry that the Keegan stories have dried up, so you're using me as the scapegoat. Unfortunately, I don't have a good enough Keegan story with which to deflect, so I found a website proudly displaying his 48 most ridiculous quotes. I love that a website exists solely for this. Personal favourites include, One of his strengths is not heading. <laughs> I'm not disappointed, just disappointed. Yeah. And we are three games without defeat is another way of looking at it. But if we're honest, we have taken two points from nine. 
Hopefully this will sate your need for a punching bag for a while. Cheers, Sam. Ramble, worst listener 2018, Blakely. Yeah, fair enough, Sam. I mean, it's it's a bit cliched, isn't yeah, it? Yes. I mean, you knew you knew, you know you're shooting fish in a barrel there, but but fair enough, mate. Um, um, I'm not saying Sam is necessarily the the worst listener we've mm. got. He's just the most visible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, he picks himself up and he and he comes back in the ring for another swing. He does yeah, indeed. So cheers for getting in touch, Sam. Um, got a very very bizarre turn of events here or turn of historical events. Um, dear Ramblers, I was listening to Monday's podcast when I heard Jim made the comment or make the comment, what a bizarre subject for a musical, Stoke City. Well, actually, there is a musical based on Stoke City. Oh my goodness. The musical comes from a book called Zigazaga by Peter Turson. The musical is based on my great uncle, John Bailey, who is known in Stoke as Zigazaga. John has attended all Stoke games uh, home and away with the exception of around 10 games due to health problems for the last 60 years. He introduced oh. me to Stoke when I was eight years old and I've been a diehard supporter ever since sorry to hear that mate uh, I'm glad to hear uh, I'm glad to say he still attends every game with his stopwatch to make sure the ref plays the correct amount of injury time unfortunately it looks like Luke has been correct and we're going to sleepwalk into relegation this season I'm just hoping that in the next two weeks Mark Hughes gets fired from Southampton takes the West Brom job and becomes the first manager in history to take all three Premier League teams down <laughs> in a season Charlie Craven listening from Bucharest Romania so much going on in that email but yeah. it really is I did check out this this, this musical Zigazaga, and uh, I'm not entirely sure if Stoke feature in it but the, the guy who wrote it was, was, was from Stoke and it was put on at the National Youth Theatre in Stoke so I think the fictional team in it are, are certainly based so based on them so yeah Stoke City the music musical sort of is real that's amazing yeah why right. not why, well, I think more teams should have musicals about them I really really really, really want a Zigger Zigger right <laughs> <laughs> I would say to Marcus sometimes gets that look in his eye where all he's thinking about is that line and yeah. you could do anything in between the time where he gets to say it and he won't yeah, notice absolutely yeah you yeah. recognise it from uh, Sven related yeah, he can, can say anything <laughs> So, Go on, Jimmy. What you one, got? One more. Oh, yeah. Uh, hi, all. Simon from Canada here. Just thought I'd provide another tally update in going for gold. The current tally is as follows. Jim. But I don't think we need to look into the players. Jim, Marcus, 15, 15. 10 players. Oh. Luke. 7 players. Four. I initially held off on this email because there were five preview shows left until the Champions League final, May 26th, which, which meant there was a slim chance that Marcus could tie Jim's tally and be crowned co-champion. However, due to the late news that Pete will be absent this week, I've been mugged Jim off. Campbell can now be mathematically declared the runaway victor and will hereby be known as Jim Cambiola. Cheers, Simon yeah. from Canada. Fear it. You've now run from it. <laughs> Jim, you've now got to be known legally. Change your name by deed poll to Jim Grinsall. <laughs> yeah, that's didn't your know, prize. Didn't know that, did you? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I think we all knew Jim was way ahead. Yeah, I yeah. Did, do you know what? another I thought title race just I wrapped he, up too early. Yeah. I thought he was more than five ahead. Yeah. Oh I mean, yeah, same. Fair, none surprised. of us. None of us have checked the count. None of us are going to be bothered. Oh, we, know, that's, right. that's gospel. I've not checked the count, but I'll be totally honest. I'm absolutely delighted. I got seven, so I'm not. I'm not. I'm not looking into it any further. I'm very surprised I'm in double figures, to be honest. But it is a bit of a shame, and I think we can all agree that because of Pete going away then I am denied a proper title yeah to paraphrase again if someone had said to me at the beginning of the season <laughs> Jim could win knowing that it means you wouldn't win <laughs> I'd, have snapped, I'd have snapped your hand off yeah <laughs> so obviously first place I'd like to win uh-huh. I, but I sort of want you to lose as much okay if someone had said to me at this stage Jim will have more than double the amount of going for gold points or whatever they're called than, than Luke, I would say. I'd take Fair that. Enough. Yeah. And also, I am by far... Actually, no, Pete is, but Pete's not here today. I am by far the worst of the people in this room at FIFA 18 as well, which is embarrassing. Mm. Anyway. I'm counting this as a trophy for Arsenal. Right. right. It's it. Time to go for a break, ladies and gentlemen. After which, we will talk about Manchester United and Arsenal. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The only thing that they have got is the big boy up front, Sig Thorson. Oh, oh my word. My oh. It's my favourite one. I don't you remember it well. If it was up to me, I would use that every single week. <laughs> yeah. It's a shame he's not speaking in a sort of Icelandic accent in it. Oh, yeah. Stevie. Like, the way he says, impression. oh, it's yeah. sort of quite, quite sort of Nordic. Yeah. Quite he's sort of deflating. Yeah, he was probably going to go into it, wasn't he? Um, right, ladies and gentlemen, the big game of the weekend for some is Manchester United versus Arsenal. Arsenal, mm. of course, um, are at home to Atletico Madrid this week, but that's not happening But uh, at the time of recording. Um, but Manchester United, uh, yeah, Arsenal away to Manchester United. All the, the big news surrounding Arsenal this week off the field is, was that business with Arsene Wenger saying the timing of the decision wasn't down to him and then there was sort yeah. of confusion Jim wasn't there that whether he <clears> meant <throat> the timing of the announcement or the timing of him having his contract cut short yeah I, th- I think the comments around it suggest it's bo- a bit of both yeah. really because he's saying he'll probably look at an- another job which will be very very strange it'll be interesting to see if it's in England but, or, or, or elsewhere but it I looks like it. he means a club job as well he's not just going to go quietly um, into the night I've, my understanding, I mean, obviously, on Monday was the time for us to be positive and praise Wenger for his career and all the rest of it. But if we can be a bit more analytical, as much as the ramble gets analytical, I suppose. <laughs> to me, based on what I've heard, what I've read, people I've worked with over the last week, Wenger was sacked. He's been, he's effectively been sacked. Yeah. And, and we, 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 clearly, I understand why they wouldn't want to phrase it in that way or talk about it in that way because he's been such a legend there. Yeah. But ultimately, it seems to me, reading between the lines, he's been so stubborn, they've not been able to successfully negotiate how they want to, to yeah. move him on so they've just they've just put it on him and and it, you can tell by some of the stuff he said that you can you, the stubbornness is still there you can hear it and, and one, one of the um, one of the most interesting things I heard from a journalist uh, on when was it on Tuesday mm. was that um, someone asked him the journalist who's very close to the club it wasn't John Cross he's very close to the club <laughs> and he loves that yeah said said um, will Wenger be involved in the planning of the succession of yeah. the next manager the same way Ferguson was? And they, they said in response, uh, no, he won't, because when asked who he thinks the best manager for Arsenal is, he would still say himself. Yeah, uh, I think as well. So I, in which the, case, it must, he must have been fired. Well, yeah. well, quite, I think that would always be the case with Wenger, though. He says he's obsessed with it, didn't he, really? He's sort of addicted to it. It was, it was a wonderful quote from him. I will miss his way with words. Um, uh, it says, I'm a bit like a guy who plays Russian roulette every week and suddenly has no gun anymore. I will see how much I miss that gun. Right. <laughs> That's lovely. lovely. Yeah. You love his way with words. Do you love his way with team selections? Uh, n- not anymore. <laughs> well, <fine. laughs> 
<laughs> Wenger, um, he praised Luis Enrique. He did. I, I mean, so that that gave some sort of insight into what I he think was thinking. I think it's worth noting, though, and this comes back to what Luke just said, um, that all of the rumours about who is in line to take over and who the favourite is to take over have come from things Arsene Wenger has said. He said mm. that he'd like it to be a former player, That's right. be that Mikel Arteta or Patrick Vieira. Um, big, I, and also big soul. He's, big, oh, soul. big soul, yeah, but he's Sol Campbell. Okay. Um, that'd be a really normal appointment. I'd love that. Um, <laughs> Can I just say I would love that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing more. Up, well, there's one to... thing I'd love more. Up, <laughs> but... I'll take it. Um, but also, you know, Enrique is, is someone Wenger's talks up quite a bit, but it's it's nothing to do with him. You know, mm. so it's it's very difficult. Does it feel to like know. he's scratching around trying to have an influence still? Well, it might just be that it's an easy, uh, easy sort of line for the press to take because obviously he's going to talk about these things. Um, We've heard this week from uh, Andy Brassel that there's no chance it's going to be Diego Simeone. That's not going to happen, and um, likely to be Tuchel. I, no, because I think he's, he's. I think they did sound him out, but he's agreed that he's. Well, he's his relationship out. with Mislintat as well. Is it? Yeah. Is, is, well, it's impossible. Yeah, yeah. And, and and also, but also, um, to me, uh, this might sound a bit old-fashioned, but it's not going to be Luis Enrique because they won't pay. Well, I don't. They ain't going to well, pay the money. Well, I don't know. The manager, the managers probably earn quite well at Arsenal, but I think, I think having spent a season outside of the Champions League and there being a very real possibility yeah. it'll be another season outside the Champions League, their budget would have taken a whack. So, you know. Spent a lot of money on Aubameyang in January as well, which probably would have eaten into next season's transfer budget. How much money is the new guy coming in going to have to play with? Well, that may affect who gets the job well, or can who I, takes the job. I have to draw your attention, gentlemen. Oh, I don't think Enrico would be a good appointment anyway, personally. But that's a I have point. to draw your attention to uh, to this quote. I don't know if it's relevant um, that, that Louis Van Gaal yeah. said <laughs> this <laughs> week. I have now received an offer that I actually cannot refuse. I mean. Fingers yeah. crossed. I saw that yeah. too. Two plus two equals four for me. You know, again, this is I one saw of him in a North London cafe yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Looking Jim, for an old Arsenal yeah. program he was. Jim, I know, I know what your opinion is. Luke, how much? How good would it be if Van Alt the Arsenal If, if, I, if I, he wants to get back at Man United. If I could put it in real terms, how much of my own money would I spend <laughs> on it happening? If I could guarantee it would happen, you know... It's a lot. Yeah, yeah. You'd, you'd be bankrupt. You'd remortgage your I house. Might remortgage. You? I might remortgage. Yeah. I might remortgage. Yeah. I might put that extension on hold. Yeah. You know what? This this is the uh, the really strange thing from my point of view about this this sort of situation because as I say, as I said on the show last week or, or on Monday, like I, I haven't seen this as an adult. So like, if Louis Van Gaal or Brendan Rodgers come in as the next Arsenal man. I just have to get behind them. The thing is, you know, I, I have to I accept actually, it and just just deal with it and live with it and be positive about I it. I honestly don't think Brendan Rodgers would be at a, a bad appointment. I understand what people may say, but despite the all key and all that nonsense, I, I think that he'd actually be an all right fit. The playing style, he knows the league for, for, all that. for a while. I think you know. I have to look at where he left them. Um, but the, but the question is, Jim, on that is how much, and I don't know what the answer is, but the question for me would be how much has he grown since then? What's he learned yeah, from yeah. that? He, I think there's a tendency to see big figures in football, particularly managers, is that's the type of person they are and they're sort of frozen in time. Now, we all know he's done a great job at Celtic. That may or may, or may not be worth anything, but we're used to see... The last time we saw him regularly was at Liverpool mm. and he had his shortcomings. Is it fair to assess him in that in those terms a few years on? I don't know. I'm just, mm. I'm just saying he might have improved and learned a lot from that. Yeah. Also, um, I think you have to... Um, give credit to the people working in football who make those decisions. They know these things better than, than you know. They've been preparing the ground for us Vega to be leaving for a while. All these appointments that have happened behind the scenes, all the things that have gone on. I'm sure they've got an idea in mind what they want to do. Um, what we should say though to Arsenal fans is what we said to Man United fans when, when Ferguson left. 
get get used yeah. to being a normal car when it comes well, to this sort of yeah, stuff. I think the merry-go-round is about to stop at your stop. Well, I want, yeah, I, I, want it on, I want it on record. I've been saying this for a long, long time. I, I, I mean, obviously, the wheels have come off this season, but I worried that Wenger was actually getting those squads to overperform to such a degree that it's it's going to be very, very difficult to uh, I think they're underperforming now. Oh, certainly now. That's well, what I mean, saying the wheels have come off. But I think, um, you know, this is... Is going to be a. It's not necessarily going to get better because it's not going to be a lot, problem, a lot of the problems are, are related to the board as well, mm. and they're not going anywhere. Well, the draw in this game, they play Man United, as Marcus has said, and the draw in this game is sixteen to five with bet three six five. Ten pound will return forty two pound, including a stake. Should the game end in a stalemate, um, Jose Mourinho will will want to win. Of course, he will want to win to stay in second place. Uh, but Mourinho said that he'd like to be friends with Arsene Wenger, which is quite nice. Bit of support for the big Frenchman. He said, if he respects me even 50% of what I respect him, we can be friends in the future. Even mm. 50%, Jim. Mm. Uh, Mourinho obviously uh, called Wenger a specialist in failure. Balance. Yeah, Mourinho called Wenger a specialist in failure not that long ago. So he's obviously increased his yeah. percentage. And a voyeur. Yeah. But once to... Pl- once to um... I know Wenger may not leave the game, but once managers leave the leave the game or leave a big job or something like that, it does tend to be a bit like when a prime minister finishes. It's almost mm. like everyone sort of gets a bit more balanced to balance. So, oh, do you know what? I always enjoyed working with him, or I always enjoyed playing against him. Mm. And, and we've seen um, relationship relations between Ferguson and and uh, Mourinho over the years have completely changed. Yeah, I mean Ferguson used to think of Mourinho as a bit of an upstart, didn't he? Mm. But I think that obviously they're, they're probably quite close friends now. Um, I can't. I know, Ferguson and Wenger as well. I think is a similar situation. So I wouldn't be surprised. But that if, was only when Ferguson didn't see Wenger as a rival anymore. That's yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. So it, it, but changes, it, still, changes, it changes the players. They're still for. managing Man United and Arsenal. I, was, I know what you mean. Yeah, fair but enough. you've got to keep up the the charade, if you like. I mean, Lampard and uh, Frank Lampard and Rio Ferdinand have spoke quite eloquently about this on on BT Sport recently about their rivalry. Even when they met up with England, you know, yeah. they'd be like, "Well, hang on." Mm. And then they were friends, of course, at West Ham. And then after the playing careers, and it all kind of died down. They were like. Well, yeah, we are mates, aren't we? We could be mates again almost. I, for yeah. one, am hugely surprised I didn't put that to one side, didn't <laughs> yeah. Based on what I saw on the pitch. Yeah. yeah. What I like about Mourinho, though, is when he talks about being friends with Wenger, he then says, but the reality is he was at Arsenal, he was the champion, and I came to the country in 2004 and wanted to steal his title. He's always got to mention his titles and yeah. how much he's uh, yeah. won, Mourinho. Course, yeah. But he, yeah. he has won a lot. Um, Alexis Sanchez, is, is this a slight dig at Arsenal? He was asked about the difference between his current and old teams. And he said, I think Man United is a club with more history and we want to win trophies next year. Well, I it mean, is. There, there are thousands and thousands of sentences that have been written throughout football all week and you have to find one. Yeah. That, <laughs> <you>? <laughs> Every <laughs> week. If you take on, Every week. If you take that on face value, I mean, that is a I mean, factually yeah, accurate it's, statement. I mean, it's, it's hard to argue. More that. history? Yes. Yeah. May well, not have got yeah, more history than okay. I'm only asking the question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, in the words of that reporter who was hit by Jim McLean, well, I'm only asking it. Yeah. <laughs> Ask Jim. <laughs> Jim. I think Jim answered it without being the asked. Big, the big question that needs to be answered here is whoever takes over at Arsenal, is he, are we still going to be able to dig at Jim every week? What, Jim on, McLean? No, Jim Campbell oh, okay. on, on the basis of it. I hope I so. imagine you will find a way. But Jim, the worst thing that can happen from my point of view is they hire a really good, really successful, instantly quite slick manager. Ah, but Luke finds a way. <laughs> I will. I will try and find a way. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Now, one thing I thought was interesting was, uh, was Mourinho saying that uh, he was sad that Wenger was leaving because it's you know the second big iconic Premier League manager. And it's, 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 kind of, it's right when you... Mm. From its inception, obviously Ferguson was always there and uh, Wenger's been there for so, so much of it. It does feel like I hadn't really sort of looked at the, the wider picture of the sort of, I suppose, the footballing cultural landscape of the Premier League. It's going to be very, very different next season. Why not get the in uh, Leonardo Jardim, the old ex-Monaco uh, thing with Wenger and all that kind yeah. of stuff? Why not? He's Perfect certainly on the fit. list, isn't he? 
Glenn Hoddle. There we are. Um, uh, David, David De Gea, 17 clean sheets in the league this season. Two more than Man City's Edison. This, I'm just trying to get a little bit of rivalry between the two Manchester clubs going again. Um, De Gea's never won the Golden Glove Award in the league, which is given to the people with the most clean sheets. That. Yeah, so he's, so he's on for it. So he needs to get over the line, so at least... The I Red suppose he has, been, he has been a goalkeeper in quite a tumultuous period for Man United. Yeah, he has. Yeah. Oh, there we are. There we go. Um, Crystal Palace versus uh, Leicester City. You may think that this is uh, there's not too much riding on this, but Palace do need to to get the points. To, to... Well, there is nothing riding on this, but you <laughs> you decide to include it. Well, but if... I think Palace have got a lot riding on it. Do they not? Have well, they? If, yeah. I mean, no, if, you know, if they don't want if, to lose, certainly there's, there's not. Six points. There's six points clear of relegation with three games. Well, left. if Southampton win, then there'll only be three points clear. Um, yeah. so you know you don't want to start going down that road I think you're both right <clears throat> yeah thanks Jim but both of these so- but I, I, who's more right well, <laughs> well we'll find out on the weekend won't we um, I find these this quite interesting looking at these two sides and looking at their, their seasons overall and so I suppose with that in mind Crystal Palace it's extremely unlikely they're going to be relegated which is why I suppose I took that angle on it but they've had managerial changes early on in the season these two teams Hodgson in September uh, came into Palace and Puel in, in October for Leicester um, and if Palace win it would be it would be a great result for them of course and, and surely they'll stay up Hodgson's done a good job you, you can't argue with that I mean when he took over they were, you know, down in the doldrums. Well, they were on the worst run in their history. Were they? It was the worst run in Premier League history, but, wasn't no, it? it was like however many games without even scoring a goal. No points and no goals, yeah. Seven games, I think it was, yeah. Uh-huh. And, and the 2-1 win against Chelsea uh, was their first win, I think, of the season. That was in October. In October. Whereas now Hodgson's got them in a position where they're all but but up now. Do you know what I mean? Palace fans won't want me to say that, of course. Uh, they don't want to jinx it or anything. Um, and, and, and Puel at Leicester City, you know, he took over. They weren't great. Uh, Leicester finished 12th on 44 points last season. They're currently 9th on 44 with four matches left. And, and they can still finish 8th. And I was reading somewhere that there's, it is a minority of Leicester fans, but there's a slight minority that are getting a little bit kind of like Southampton fans did with Claude Puel. And I, I think to myself that he's he's done by and large a decent job. He's not set the world on fire there, but yeah. it was very difficult to do that. I mean, aside from the obvious outlier of them winning the Premier League, their highest finish in the Premier League is, is eighth, which was in 2000. And they finished ninth and tenth twice around that time. So, I mean, you know, if they finish eighth again, which which they could, they're on course to match their second best ever finish. That and, has to be yeah. a success. And you also, I, I suppose you also have to ask the question, what do the fans want? I'm not trying to be sort of um, pejorative by asking that question. Genuinely, mm. what do they want? Because um, presumably they want to stay in that part of the um, of the football league, the Premier League. I mean, it's unrealistic, so they're going to win the Premier League again. And they have won it. I mean, mm-hmm. so they should be grateful for that, obviously. But it's unlikely they're going to win it again. So they're probably looking to have a tilt at a cup and um, and finish in you know, the top half of the Premier League. A and, challenge for Europa, maybe. Yeah, and, and maybe play some more right football that they can, they enjoy watching, which yeah. I think is important. Which people pay decent money to go watch. And I think they're playing all right football, yeah. Um, you've got to be careful what you wish for. Cool Powell used to manage Southampton. Look at them now. Yeah. Tony Pulis used to manage Stoke. Look at them now. Mm. You know, it depends what you want. Well, this is it. I think with Puel, I, I really would like to see him given time now. I know we've talked about some managers and you think, why have they kept them on that long they should have got rid of them earlier but it's not one size fits all every, every situation is different and if you look at Puel he had an interesting interview with Glenn Hoddle actually it was a bit of a loving but you know sometimes that's quite nice to indulge in and uh, <laughs> and uh, imagine you indulging Glenn Hoddle lovings every day <laughs> and with Puel with that beautiful voice of his mm. Uh, Puel, I think has he seduced Riyad Mahrez? Uh, well, is the jury, I, is the jury back in? He's yet? still there. Yeah, he managed to keep him just about. Well, that will be an interesting one if they can keep him in the summer, of course. 
But I think Puel, he start, I think in his second season now, I know it's Monaco, it's a slightly different kettle of fish, but he won the, the league title with Monaco in his second season. He took Lyon to a semi-final of the Champions League, I think that was him, and established Lille as a, as a Champions League side when he was given a bit of time. And I, I, I think next season, if they keep Mares, if they don't, then they'll need to replace him. But they've got a decent set of players there. I'm really interested in Leicester mm. next season. I think that they could be looking at that sort of sixth, seventh place finish. And you might think, oh, well, brilliant. Well, actually, yeah, that yeah. isn't bad at all. Them winning the league title has just <laughs> has I th- I skewered think, everything. You know, I think you're absolutely right. I think they'd be crazy to leave uh, to lose Puel. I don't know how many of the fans want him gone. I, I didn't know even know that until you brought it to the table today. So um, I think, it is a minority. I, I sure, to and, it. And but there is a little bit there. Though. Okay, I, I think I mean, Jim, you must agree with that. There's no way they should be losing Puel. Well they shouldn't point. even be thinking about it. Yeah, given that he was brought in because they were, you know, facing a potential relegation battle for the second season in a row. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, I saw a lovely quote about the man who. Uh, well, it, it involved the man uh, who who won Leicester that league title, Claudio Ranieri. It's from Adrian Mutu. Oh yeah, and uh, he, he Can said, we definitely use it. Can <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we check this? I, don't worry. Well, the translation into English doesn't seem to uh, warrant a court case. He said uh, Ranieri never allowed loud music in the locker room. That was when Mutu was was playing under him. Whereas he said Mourinho liked the music to be as loud as possible to get us fully charged. At Fiorentina, the manager manager didn't allow us to listen to loud music because Nakata wanted to read before games. Nice. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Takes all sorts. Exactly, yeah. Get him a little reading room. Uh, I'd say. Or some headphones. Well, I don't know. I do not know. Um, so uh, so there we are. I mentioned for, for um, Wilfred Zahar, who uh, gave an interview recently, uh, and, and he, he said that he believes that there's an agenda against him in, in, in terms of his uh, play acting. He denies being a diver, and he was booked harshly. Um, the other the other game was it uh, for diving but he says he isn't a diver now this is an interesting stat since um, is excuse a, me this is the last three seasons the, the last the, three the seasons the fouling thing yeah, yeah have you, did you see I that I saw it yeah yeah Sky Sports produced a stat that said in the last three seasons Zahar has been the most fouled player in the league 282 times he's been fouled the next player down is Eden, Eden Hazard on 247 35 less than Sahar. Bit of a gulf there. The other one's Deli Alley, isn't it? Yeah, mm. Deli Alley's third on 222, 60 less than uh, Zahar. I, I really like the... He's been kicked a bit. It's fascinating yeah. to me that the idea in English football, I wouldn't be able to speak on authority in the, in, in the other major leagues in Europe, but in English football, um, um, diving appears to be like a self-regulating thing. Mm. If you get a reputation as a diver, it happened to Ashley Young, yeah. mm. you almost have to stop it. That's right. You have to stop it because you get so much stick that you have to stop to, to, to lose that reputation. And Ashley Young has sort of lost it now. Yeah. A few years ago, Ashley Young was getting hammered for diving. Gareth yeah. Bale, too. They, they, there's almost, I, I suppose Zahar's having it now. There, there is a sort of poster boy for it, isn't there? Or I suppose a lightning rod's perhaps a better description. It, get, it gets, you get, you, you almost get conditioned out of it by the attention you get in the media. But also, the referees clearly think, it puts a seed of doubt in their minds. They think, I've, they, referees are human beings, right? Mm. So they're going to read the yeah. press. Oh, this guy's been booked for diving four times in the last eight games or whatever. Crowd get up as well. Yeah, it's going to put a seed of doubt in their mind. So it actually can be a counterproductive thing. The only time I would advocate for it is when an English player does it in a big tournament. Mm -hmm. That should happen as often as possible. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I I feel a bit sorry for Zaha there because look at those stats. He is way and above the most Mm -hmm. fouled player in the league. And actually, if he dives, because a lot of those fouls won't be picked up. He is being kicked about the pitch. Mm, One of the things, and that's, that's cheating, that yeah. is cheating. Okay, if you're fa- if yeah. you're kicking a, a player and all. Well, that no, it's cheating stuff. if you're doing it on purpose. Well, he, what a foul! It's not. It's not cheating. Yeah, foul's is not it? always deliberate. Well, okay, yeah. okay, fair enough. But if it, come on, 
Yeah, no, I don't. Look at the stats here. You're trying to say he's being targeted. So one of the things he may well have done is go down a little bit softly because if you do that. Then, 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 then that happens all the time. Then players will think, oh, "I'll think twice." If you stand about on your feet, you know, and get a decision. We all know that. Exactly. I think that's a fair point. But, you know, and part of the reason for this, Marcus, is, is that Wilfred Zaha is arguably the most important player to his team in the Premier League. Mm. I mean, you could say Mo Salah's probably up there. Well, he obviously is. But if you're doing a top three of players that are most important to their teams, Zaha would be in the top three. Absolutely, he's he's by far their most important player. We talked a while back about how they've lost every game he's not played in. I think it's twelve out of fourteen now, or something. Yeah, they've lost. He's 12 a very very important player for them. So um, it makes perfect sense. He's actually six to four to score at any time this weekend against Leicester. Um, so ten pound with bet three six five will return twenty five pound, including stake, uh, if he hits the back of the net. There we are. All right then, gentlemen. What's our best bet with bet three six five, Luke Moore? Well. Strap yourselves in because it's big news. Here we go. Here we go. A bit There's of drama. Been controversy, isn't there? there has been controversy, and I'm going to try and bring you guys up to speed. Um, Ed Gibson, who mm. was uh, who by, you know was wrongly by me on Monday attributed as having a losing bet, Ooh. is actually miraculously still in the seat because, and I've checked this with Bet365, according to their rules, because Piero Emerick Aubameyang wasn't actually on the pitch when the first goal was scored last week, the best bet reverted to a straight Arsenal win. Which came in at one to two, so we raised seventy-five pounds for prostate cancer UK. That's great news. That's the best that's news. Good news yeah. The upshot of this, of course, is that Ed is still in the seat and is now on, <gasps> He's on for the it. first ever Ramble hat trick. People are oh, in a, on a technicality and a chance to become an ORE, an Order of the Ramble Empire, and have his name on the wall of the studio for outstanding services to the Ramble. People no say, way. People say in a tournament, if you're going to win it, you have to win one penalty shootout. And this is yeah. sort of it's what he's done. He's equivalent. Yeah, it's, I guess it sort of is. Yeah. To me, this is a VAR decision. No, well, it's come. It's come. It's been. It's been ratified. Look, if the betting company are saying it, I spent the week running over looking at the screen, and it was right. <laughs> um, so Ed is back in the seat. I gave him the good news. He was delighted. Um, he's come back with the following bet um, for his hat trick: Liverpool big, to big, beat Stoke. <laughs> seriously, hashtag pray for Ed. Yeah, get mm. behind him. Uh, Huddersfield to beat Everton with under three and a half goals in the game at two to one. <sighs> That was used. That was that bet's been made using uh, Bet Three Six Five's Bet Builder. Fifty pound at two to one will raise one hundred and fifty pound for Prostate Cancer UK. Should the bet come in? Now Everton have been the scourge. You, I know that's the thing. He's he's, got, he's gone hard here. He has. You have to be over, like that. You have to be over the age of eighteen th- to gamble. When, and do gamble responsibly. Uh, for more information, go to begambleaware.org. When you when you when you're going for the hat trick, you've got to go big. Yeah, I think so. Go hard or go home. Yeah. So good luck, Ed. That's that's mm. uh, this week's best bet with Bet Three Six Five. My goodness, my goodness. Uh, before we finish. What has Luke been asking the listeners this week? Well, this week I asked, um, because Paul Lambert said there'll be no end of season party for Stoke this season, should they be relegated. What event should the players of an underperforming and uh, relegated team have to attend instead? (laughs) Okay, and we've had a few good answers here. Uh, First up, Ed Mancy. Hello to you, Ed. Uh, They should have to attend the party of the team that finishes 17th and see what they could have won. (laughs) Uh, Nathan says they should still have to attend an end of season party, but every drink is made to taste like the tears of their own fans. Oh dear. That's harsh. And I'll finish with this one from Tom Spinks. They should have to attend a football ramble live record. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's probably a punishment too far, Tom. If they paid, I'd be fine with it. (laughs) My goodness. Well, there you are, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble preview show sponsored by Bet365. It's been a ruddy pleasure. Say goodbye, Luke. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Jimmy. Goodbye. Goodbye from me.
Hey, Marcus, have you heard this? Barry Grindle. Few times. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 